Welcome to Day of Destiny with Dr. Michelle Corral, author, prophetic teacher, and pastor of Breath of the Spirit Prophetic Word Center. Dr. Corral can be seen weekly, nationwide, and around the world on her weekly telecasts that air on God TV, Impact, and Word Network. Now, let's join Dr. Corral by experiencing Day of Destiny, designed with your highest destiny in mind. Now, here is Dr. Corral. It's time for revival. And one of the ways that we prepare for God's outpouring and revival in this hour is through repairing the ruins. That is how we prepare for the presence of God. Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Corral, and today I want to invite you to experience the attributes of revival in your life. I want to invite you to experience pathways into the presence of God. Have you been in a place where you have asked the question, God, where are you? Have you actually gone through a period in the last three weeks, four weeks, months, even last year or a year before, that happens to be a dry period, saying, where is the presence of God? I don't feel His glory anymore like I used to. Why don't I hear from God like I used to? Why is it so difficult to serve God? Some of you are under siege and the temptations of the world are pressing on you and you don't feel that you have the strength to withstand all of the pressures, the heartaches and the tests, the trials and the tribulation. And you just wonder, God, where are you? Today, I want to speak to you not to fear. First of all, I want you to understand that sometimes God allows us to go through dark periods in our lives where we actually feel the absence of the presence of God because absence produces longing and agony. He wants us to seek after him. When we haven't had any water, it produces thirst. When we haven't eaten, it produces hunger. And so there is a holy hunger. There is a holy thirsting that God is releasing into the church. And some of us, our thirst is really an invitation from God to go into deeper levels of prayer and the higher heights of the spirit. For some of us, that inability to partake, that that hunger that we have, that sense of I'm not full, I'm not getting fed, and I need God's presence is actually the Spirit of God drawing you into deeper depths of His Word, into a place of seeking God. So it's really God drawing us, not us really seeking after God. He is drawing us and we are running after Him. So that, in a sense, oftentimes, is one of the ways that we can understand dry periods, periods of hunger, periods of thirst. But then, beloved, there are dangerously dry periods. There are periods of apathy, periods in our lives when we actually become burdened with serving God, when we basically have to be talked into going to a service or everything has to be just right or we're not going or uh, there are various excuses that we give that we can no longer serve God anymore because the cares of this world are choking out the anointing and I want us to beware of the loss of God's presence how does that happen in a life how can it be when someone who was so greatly anointed 
such as Samson, someone who was so greatly filled with the power of God, like Samson or like Saul, and finds out one day that the Spirit of God is no longer present as he was before. There are signs, beloved, that happen in our lives, and I want to give you some of those signs. I want to share with you some of those signs. But first, before we do that, and before we go live to the revival in Anaheim, California, I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray today's program would be one of the most powerful programs. I pray for those that are dry, for those that have not felt the presence of God for so long. Lord, give us those supernatural secrets and give us those supernatural steps back into the place of your presence. Let us seek after you. And I pray for those that are on a quest to know you, those who love you so much. They are God chasers, but God, they have been going through a dry period. They've been going through a place of thirsting and not feeling like their thirst is quenched. Let them know, Lord, that it's actually you drawing them into the desert, drawing them into that place of stillness, drawing them into that place of being able to hear from heaven. And God, I pray an open heaven over everyone today that is viewing this telecast. I release the anointing of an open heaven. I ask God today, break the heavens open over your people. Let there be a breaker anointing released on this telecast, a breaker anointing that would break the bars of iron, a breaker anointing that would, that would shatter the gates of brass, a breaker anointing just as the Bible tells us in Micah chapter 2 verse 13 that the breaker has come up. He is the king and he's passing through the gate. Let that gate be opened wide. Lord God, lift up your heads, O ye everlasting doors, and let the king of glory in. Father, let that anointing pass through the gate. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen and amen. Now, just very quickly, I want to share with you some supernatural secrets that are very personal, powerful, and prophetic that will help you understand. Is this dryness, the Spirit of God leading me into deeper depths of seeking Him? Or is this dryness very dangerous? And is it a spirit of double-mindedness, apathy? And is it the spirit of the world drawing me back and I don't have the defense mechanisms in the Holy Ghost to build myself up for protection? Let's look and see at some of the signs. First of all, beloved saints, I want us to go to 1 Samuel. And you know, Samuel the prophet has a prophetic agenda. And it's so awesome. One of the ways that we discover the prophetic agenda of the authors of scripture is that we look at what books they've authored and we look at the specific genre of the book and we see that the prophet Samuel, because he was a lifelong Nazarite, understands consecration to God. And he is the author of the book of Judges, the book of Ruth, and partially 1 Samuel, because he, he passes away in 1 Samuel. He goes to heaven in 1 Samuel. So how can he possibly have authored the entire book? So most of the book of 1 Samuel, the Samuel prophet has authored. However, also the book of Judges, the book of Ruth. And what do we see in the book of Judges? 
In the book of Judges, we see this gradual depletion of the power of God. And we understand from Samuel that the presence of God leaves in stages. And one of the most powerful prophetic principles that we see in the book of 1 Samuel is before the destruction of Shiloh. We see four elements that actually took place that can be prophetically paralleled to the loss of the presence of God in our life. First of all, we see in 1 Samuel chapter 3, and we are looking at verse one. It is very important for us to look at first Samuel chapter three, verse one, the child Samuel grew and he ministered unto the Lord and the word of the Lord was uh, very precious in those days. And there was no open vision. What does that mean? It doesn't mean the, the presence of the Lord was precious or the word of the Lord was precious in the sense that people revered it. It was precious because there was no word and there was no open vision. So how can there possibly be an open heaven or an open vision without the word of God? The word of God was precious in those days, meaning there was no word and there was no open vision. In the name of Jesus, I speak to your spirit. I speak to everyone on this, watching around the world on these telecasts. And we speak in Jesus' mighty name that you will be living under an open heaven because you are now in the word like you have never been in the word before. And watch what happens as a result of no word in our life. Some of us are just going on testimonies. Testimonies are awesome, but they can't feed you. Testimonies are designed to build your faith and lift your spirit. But you cannot live on a testimony. You cannot live on an experience. You shall live by the word of God. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God shall man live. Let's look and see the sign of no word in one's life. First of all, the Bible says there was no open vision. Secondly, we are going to see dear people of God. The Bible says that Ailey, uh, his eyes began to wax dim, meaning your spiritual sight begins to go because the word of God is what gives you discernment. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. So it it actually polishes your spiritual faculties and fine tunes you. If you want more discernment, you want more of the gifts of the spirit, you want your inner man and all of the faculties of the spirit of God operating in your life, then allow the sharpness of God's word to begin to skillfully prepare you. You do not want to be like those who went to war in the time of Saul. And guess what? There were no weapons. And you know why there was no weapons? Because all the smiths, the Philistines had taken all the weapons of war and had outlawed all the smiths. They'd taken all the smiths out of the land. What does that mean when the smiths are taken out of the land? In biblical times, the smiths were the ones who sharpened the instruments. And there are spiritual smiths that God has put in the body of Christ to sharpen the word so that our weapons might become more powerful. If you need a weapon of war, if you are in a warfare, Please make sure that your weapons are not dull. Please make sure that the enemy has not confiscated your weapons because we see one of the greatest um, acts of, of, um, of failure in Saul's 
uh, leadership is that all the weapons of war in 1 Samuel 14 were confiscated by the enemy. And so they had to get makeshift uh, weapons. God doesn't want you to have makeshift weapons. God wants you to have skilled weapons. He wants you to be like David's army. He wants you, he wants lion-like faces, like men. Those of you who are like the tribe of Judah, God wants you to be skilled, to be able to take down many spirits, many principalities, many powers, to shake up the powers of darkness at one time. And how does that happen? You have to become skilled in the word. We need the Smith's back. So we should not say, I can't listen to that word. It's just a little too deep for me. I don't have time to delve into the word of God. Then child, I don't know about you, but if you are in a battle, you need to get some sharpness of the word of God. You cannot live on a testimony for the rest of your life. You need God's word to feed you so that you have the weapons of war in your arsenal and become armed and dangerous to the enemy. And we see that in this case, the Bible says there was no open vision and watch this in verse three. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple. This is something really profound. Why? Because the fire came from heaven. That lamp going out was just not, just not uh, articulated in the word that it's dark. No, what the word of God is teaching us is, is that the holy fire that fell from heaven, that ignited the sacrifices that was used to light the menorah because strange fire could not come into the house of God, is that that now the fire went out. I want you to know if there's no word, how are you going to serve God? Your fire's going to go out. If there are no smiths in the land, how are you going to have a sharpened two-edged sword? How are you going to be able to skillfully use the word as a weapon of war against principalities and powers? The prophet Samuel lays out for us in 1 Samuel chapter 3, the gradual stages of the departure of the presence of God so that we, when we sense even the slightest bit of departure in our own lives, that we would be responsible enough to call out to God and say, God, I want that anointing back. God, I want that word back. God, I want that fire back. God, I want my prayer life back. God, I don't want the enemy to take what God has given to me because my prayer life, my, my relationship with you is more precious than anything in this world. If you are saying that today, beloved saints, this is a day that we have declared as take it back day. I believe today the breaker anointing and the take it back anointing is yours today on this telecast. God wants you to take it back. He wants you to take back what the enemy has stolen. Get back the anointing. Get back your prayer life. Get back your vision. Get back your dream. Get back your fire and take it back seven times greater. Amen. And he also wants to give you back everything that the enemy has stolen. And this is a word for you because it's time for divine compensation in the midst of your devastation. Your destiny is not to stay stuck in this storm. Your destiny is not to be always wandering around the wilderness, going around the same mountain. God is saying to you, turn northward. God is saying, go ahead, go forward. God is saying he's breaking the cycle of going around the same mountain year in and year out. I sense in the spirit someone right now is getting a deliverance from that, that 
dragging of going around the same mountain. The Bible tells us in Deuteronomy chapter two, verse 14, that the children of Israel went around the mountain for 38 years. We can stay stuck in cycles that can't be broken, but God wants to break the cycle. And the only way that can happen is when you say, God, I'm willing to face the unknown. I'm going to hold your hand, Jesus, and allow you to take me out of this familiar place into the unfamiliar and you be my eyes, you be my ears, you be my strength, you be my stronghold and God is going to lead you through it. I just sense it right now that someone is being broken out of those cycles of of just going around the same mountain and God is launching you forward into your destiny. That the other thing that God is saying is that some of us have stayed stuck in the storm and going around the same mountain because we continually continue to get engaged in the band battles. Battles that are not ordered from God, battles that have nothing to do with your destiny, battles that keep you stuck, battles that keep you in bondage. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to get involved in a battle that has nothing to do with the dream and destiny that God has put in our life. If something has to do with your calling, if something has to do with the ministry, if something has to do with going forward into the things of God and breaking bondages and facing giants that are blocking your path, those are the types of battles God has ordained for your life. But he has not ordained banned battles, battles with siblings, battles with, um, with people needing to be right, spending all your energy and all your time on having the last word, strife that produces nothing but staying stuck and having God's hand not be able to release you into the things that God has ordained for you. The Bible tells the children of Israel, the Bible says that you will not contend with them in battle because I will not give you their land. No, not a foot breadth. So why contend in a battle that is banned before God? Today, Father, in Jesus' name, I break off the spirit of banned battles. In the name of Jesus, I command that those battles that are ordained of God, that are the chosen battles that they will take territory, that they will rule and reign in, battles that produce fruit, battles that tear down the powers of darkness, Father God, that will give them a greater authority in the kingdom. God, I pray that those battles will be so anointed and victorious that your people will come forth with crowns, with territory, with rewards, with divine compensation. God, with new territory, with double for their shame. Father God, with the rewards of victory, with spoil for their toil. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen and amen. And beloved saints, as we close this program today, those of you who say, you know, Dr. Corral, I've heard about revival, but I've never felt the power of God. I've never experienced friendship with God. Some of you say I've been to church my whole life, but I only know Jesus through something that someone told me. And I only believe because it was instilled inside of me. But I don't know anything about relationship. I don't know that God really loves me. Today, I want you to know He really does love you. And He really is seeking out your soul. 
Jesus really is the answer. He wants to hold you. He wants to make himself real to you. He wants to be your very best friend. And you can make him your best friend by making him the Lord of your life. You can ask him to come into your heart, to be your personal Lord and Savior. The joy of sins forgiven, the joy of being washed in the blood, the joy of being clean and not having the bondages. No, child of God, you don't make it up to God. No, child of God, you don't clean yourself up to come to Jesus. Just as you are, come to him right now with all your brokenness, with all your hurt, with all your sorrow, and say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Be my personal Lord and Savior. I ask you today, cleanse me from sin. I receive you into my heart as my personal Savior. Wash me clean from sin. I want to become a new creature in Christ Jesus. We love you and we'll see you real soon. Thank you for joining us today on Day of Destiny. We invite you to our website mydayofdestiny.com where you can easily access other podcasts and obtain your copy of Dr. Corral's latest book, Secrets of the Anointing. Also, we want to take this moment to invite you to engage in extending your hand of kindness by planting your seed or offering for multitudes that include orphans, providing water wells, providing medical supplies, clinics, feeding programs, and many other services to the suffering church and through efforts of evangelism worldwide. Just go to our website and click the donate button or text to give. Text HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. That's HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. You are also invited to visit Dr. Michelle Corral Facebook or Instagram. We look forward to having you encounter the anointing with us on our next Day of Destiny podcast. 